Packers. Defensive back, same thing. I, I don't know. I don't know that much about football. I'm not big enough to play football. But anyway, um, Brother McElroy is here. He's uh, he chaplain for some college uh, football teams. He serves as the director of a ray of hope on the earth and uh, a great ministry. His family is with him. I'm going to let him introduce them. And uh, let's welcome him back again. We praise God for him. He's got a great message to share this morning, so enjoy. A burglar broke into a house one night. And as he was in the dark, flashing this light, getting ready to grab a CD player and put into his bag, he heard this strange voice from the corner of the house that said, Jesus is watching you. Scared, he put his flashlight away, dove into a corner, and then thought to himself, what was that? Thinking that he was just hearing things, said to himself, man, after this job, I'm going on a long vacation, and gets back to burglary. Gets ready to grab the stereo, puts it and disconnect the um, wires, he hears that voice again. Jesus is watching you. At this, he grabs the light and flashes it all around the house trying to find this voice when he settles in the corner of the house and finds a parrot. And he says to the parrot, did you say that? The parrot said, yep. I'm just trying to warn you. The burglar said, ha, warn me, huh? Who are you? The bird said, I'm Moses. <laughs> the burglar starts laughing. <laughs> what type of people would name a bird Moses? The parrot said, the same type of folk that a name a pit bull Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Well, good morning, church. It's great to be back here, and uh, I consider uh, Christian Life Church part of my family, and uh, I'm always excited to be here in the place. Uh, thanks for uh, Pastor Fred and that great introduction, and I just want to say to whoever's in charge of the festivities next week, if there's a sign-up list for throwing pie in the face of Pastor Fred, I want to be on that list, so please sign me up. Do I need to see you? Amazing. Okay. And... <laughs> and um, to, of course, the lead pastor of this church, my friend, Pastor Daryl Merrill, the man. That was your moment to clap and celebrate your pastor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's my dude. Love him. Um, I'm excited to be here today, and I just wonder, um, do I get any, like, really busy people? Any, any busy people? I want to tell you guys, this sermon that I'm preaching to you today is really inspired from my own life, because, man, I'm busy, like, for real. Anybody else like me in my family? Oh, by the way, my, my family is here. Um, I got four children. Yeah, amen. See, I told you I'm busy. Yeah, they all here. I got a 19-year-old son going into his sophomore year of college, <laughs> University of Illinois. My 17-year-old daughter, my 15-year-old daughter, my 10-year-old daughter, senior, sophomore, fifth grader, you know, 
and the person that keeps us all together. My baby of 21 years. Yeah, she is still the butter on my biscuit. <laughs> the cherry on my Sunday. My wife, Michelle, which I'll give it up for her. Love you, baby. <laughs> but we busy. I mean, I don't know about you, but life has a way of moving full speed ahead. And the things that were designed to take the load off of us, like email and texting and, you know, all of that stuff, I don't feel any lighter. Anybody else? I feel like that's actually added more work to my life, more stuff that I got to check, more stuff that I got to, and I can't stand social media, you know, was I got to post and tweet and all this kind of stuff. It's just, it's just more stuff. And I don't know about you guys, but we can get so busy working and going and doing and doing that we can forget everybody who we are, that we're not actually human doings. We're actually human beings, right? And this idea uh, uh, that we can get so caught up in our work life and our personal life, you know, this kind of attitude can spill over into our spiritual life, too. Do I got any busy Christians? Any busy Christians? Yeah, you know, my wife and I, we're, we're, we, we lead our marriage ministry at our church, and um, then I also help out with the, uh, the youth ministry at our church, and the men be trying to pull me in and hang out with the men's ministry at our church, and not to mention our kids are involved with the youth ministry at our church, and they're involved with the praise team at our church, and I'm just, anybody else? I need some help. Right? You on the, you on the, you on the uh, preaching ministry, you on the pulpit ministry, you on the praise team ministry, you on the youth ministry, you on the Sunday school ministry, you on the transportation ministry. Right? And so many times, just like in our work life and in our personal life, we can be doing so many good things, going and working and doing for God, sometimes we can forget the joy of what it was like just to be with God. And so right now, everybody, and I mean this very sincerely, my parents were here. They said amen to this because they like, man, my mom called me, and every day she called me, where you at now? It's just my life, right? And so I'm in this place where I'm on a journey. And for my note takers, I'm on a journey uh, to recapture uh, my first love. And so the title of this message is Returning to Your First Love. And I don't know about you, but if I got some more busy people in the room, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to recapture what it was like when it was just me and Jesus. Anybody remember that day when you met Jesus for the first time and it was just you and him, All right? I'm, try I'm trying to get back to that place. Uh, David said it like this in Psalm chapter 51, verse 12. He said, Lord, Lord, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation, the joy of basking in your presence, the blessing of simply being with him. I'm going to just sound peaceful. I'm trying to get back there. And so when we talk about this idea of returning to your first love, I want to invite you to hang out with me in this amazing passage of scripture, very, very familiar passage in the book of Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12. And in verse 28, we jump in and there's an amazing passage uh, where there's a conversation going on uh, between Jesus and uh, one of the religious leaders. It says, verse 28, one of the teachers of the religious law was standing there listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well. So he asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? 
Verse 29, Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. Verse 30, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Hey, it's interesting when you look at this closely, Jesus has asked a very penetrating question, isn't he? It's a very direct question. And, 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 and the question is, Jesus, um, listen, of all the commandments, which is the most important? It's a very direct question. And this idea of what's important, somebody say important. Because, you know, in our life, uh, busy people, there are a lot of things that are important, right? Work is important. Uh, students, school is important. Uh, the Bears and the Cubs games. Come on, man. That's important. Right? Ladies, yeah, y'all looking at me crazy just because I ain't say your TV show. Don't get mad at me. What's y'all what's y'all show? American Ninja Warrior. <laughs> Don't mess with me while American Ninja Warrior is on. Right? Yeah. That stuff is important. And then there are things that feel important at the moment. Now I know everybody in here is saved, you're going to heaven. But anybody ever been cut off in traffic? One or two people. And you know, when that happens, you know, you feel like it's important, not you, but you know some folk like this, to pull up alongside that person and let me get back to the scriptures. Yeah, yeah. And then there are some things that are not that important, but they rob the most precious commodity that we have, and that is what? Time, right? But I like this because... Jesus makes a very profound statement here, and listen, if Jesus says that this is the most important thing, it seemed like to me, everybody, we need to take a really hard look at what this looks like for us today. Amen? Yeah. So he says in verse 30, he says, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. Verse 30, and you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. So I want to talk about these very distinctly. So Point number one, what does it look like for us, everybody, to love God with all of our what? Heart. Somebody say heart. Now, we know the Bible is written predominantly in two languages. This is a Bible church. The Old Testament is predominantly written in what language? Hebrew. The New Testament predominantly written in what language? Greek. So we know this is a New Testament passage. This is a Greek word. So that word, somebody say heart. That Greek word is the word koinonia. koinonia. It's the English word where we get our English word cardiac. We get our English word cardiac. That word, everybody, basically represents in this passage of scripture the place of intimacy. That word heart, the koinonia, uh, represents the place of intimacy. Where are my married men? Married men, where you at? Don't be ashamed, married men. Yeah. So married men, you know, because I, I got a very vivid imagination. So when I think about the place of intimacy in my house, I have a very vivid place of where that is. So men, we in church, it's okay. Uh, when you think about the place of intimacy in your home, what room is that for you? I got one man. Come on, fellas, where y'all at? And that's the pastor keeping it real, shoulder bump. Yeah. I'm going to try this again. Men, when we think of the place of intimacy in our house, what room is that? Okay, there we go. Yeah, now notice I didn't ask the ladies. Because with the ladies, they don't really have necessarily have a place of intimacy. 
For ladies, every place can be a place of, we can just hold hands in the kitchen and that can be very intimate. Yeah, well, that's okay. That's, that's fine. But I'm trying to get from the kitchen to the place of intimacy, right? And so, fellas, somebody say heart. The place of intimacy, say that. Say the place of intimacy. Yes, 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 yes. So we know what that room represents, and I don't know if anybody's here, fellas, and you're in the place of intimacy, and you're fired up about being in that place, right? You've been thinking about the place of intimacy all day, and then your partner comes up, and you're excited, and they're like, can we just get this over with? American Ninja Warrior is coming on. I don't want to miss my show. Right? Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know, because everybody's saved in here, y'all, so y'all might not know the song, but the OJs had this old song. It says, your body's here with me, but your mind is on the... Yeah, yeah, I knew everybody wasn't saved. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And everybody, when we, when we, when we had that interaction, guess what? That's not intimacy. That's not connection. That's a transaction. But what am I saying? The point I'm making, everybody, is spiritually, many times, our connection with God can be very much the same way. Now, I know everybody in here, you're excited about coming to church every week. But do you know people, when they show up to church, they look like this dude? <laughs> you, ever seen the, you know, bitter beer face guy? And they have made a wager with themselves that they're going to come in this church, they really don't want to be here, they look like that dude, and they're going to sit in that chair, the closest to the door, with their arms folded, and they have made a wager that they are not going to move. I don't care what Pastor Darrell say. I don't care how good the praise and worship music is. I don't care how funny Pastor Fred's joke. I'm not budging. I'm not moving. I'm not waiting. I'm not saying every now and then, anybody ever had a bad day and you just had to pressure away to church and you just got here the best you could? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about Sunday after Sunday, week after week. This is your disposition. Like we doing Jesus a favor because we decided to show up at the prayer meeting. Right? This idea of intimacy. This idea of intimacy. Somebody say intimacy. That word literally means, everybody, being present and engaged in what's happening in front of you. Intimacy, somebody say intimacy. That word intimacy, we talk about it in our marriage ministry all the time. That word, into me, I see. Intimacy, into me, I see. It literally says that I see you, not just for what you can do for me, but because of who you are. That's what intimacy is all about, and that's the connection and the relationship that God wants to have with each and every one of us. I love what David said in Psalm chapter 63, verse 1. This is such a beautiful verse. He said, oh, God, you are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Can y'all hear the passion in David's voice? Men, can I bless the married men in the room? Did you, did, you, did you feel your, your wife or your girl just kind of swoon a little bit when I was reading the scriptures? Yeah, because she was hearing that a little bit differently. Yeah, I wonder what would happen in our personal relationships if we start stepping to our wives and our girls like this. Baby, you are my baby. 
I, when I wake up, I'm, I'm, I'm seeking you. My, my soul, she's just smiling, right? I can't even get through it, right? But this attitude of what David is saying to his God is basically God, in spite of everything that's going on in my life, my life is not right if you're not at the center of it. Things don't make sense if you're not in my life. Uh, 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 things don't quite work the way they need to work if you're not guiding me, leading me, directing me, ordering my steps. God, I need you every minute of every hour. Somebody say heart. That's this idea. It's the place of intimacy. And listen, if, if, and there is some intentionality, everybody, that goes along with this because the best relationships are those that are intentional. The best relationships are those that are intentional. You got to be intentional. You want to love God with all your heart? It takes intentionality. And you got to intentionally seek God. You got to intentionally run after God, right? He's always available, but he wants us to go after him. Intentionality, that's one, 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 number one. Number two, variety. Say variety. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if, if, if you know anybody like this, but they wear the same stuff. They go to the same places. They eat the same food. They, anybody? Yeah, one or two people. Don't write out your spouse. It's okay. Yeah. No variety, no spontaneity, no just kind of, it's just kind of what I do. That can get real, real old and stale and boring. It's consistent. That can be real boring, right? So intentionality, variety. Watch this. Creativity. Somebody say creativity. I don't know about y'all, but uh, I'm married, been married 21 years. Uh, the other day, uh, my wife was like, we ain't doing pizza tonight. Every, every Friday is family night, and kind of pizza is the is the meal of choice on family night. Like, I'm tired of pizza. We're doing something else. I want something what? Different, right? And everybody, it's the different that spices up relationships, right? And, and, and there may be some people in here right now who you may be in a season or you may have been in a season where uh, your connection with God has grown, has grown dry. It's grown stale. It's grown stagnant. And my challenge is, could it possibly be that it's not because we serve a dry, stale, and stagnant God? Could it possibly be uh, that our prayer life is dry, our worship experience is, is dry, because we've grown dry? That there's no intentionality about how we're pursuing God. There's no variety. There's no creativity uh, in, our, in our connection with him. And I want to challenge you to do some things differently. Hey, if you want something different, you got to be willing to do something different, right? So maybe your prayer time is not, I'm just going to kind of lay in the bed like I always do. Maybe he'll talk to me today. But maybe it needs to be, you know what, God, today I'm going to go for a walk. I want to invite you to just walk with me around the block, around the park. God, you and me, we're going to lunch. I like to go with my girlfriends, but I'm not going to lunch with my girlfriends. I want to hang out with you today, just you and me, all right, to a new place that I ain't never been before. God, I just want to step out and just, I want to just be in nature for a minute. I don't know about you, but I need to be in front of some water every now and then to hear the Holy Spirit speak, right? Doing some things differently. I'm talking about intentionality, variety, creativity, right? 
Because watch this, I'm going to say it like this. Intentionality, variety, creativity cultivates intimacy. That'll bless your personal relationship. That'll bless your spiritual relationship. God says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart. All right? He also says, uh, love me with all of your soul. Somebody say soul. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 5 says it like this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. All right? So what does it look like, everybody, for us to love God with all of our souls? Somebody say soul. Now, this is Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 5. I'm pulling this from Old Testament scripture so we know this is predominantly written in what language? Hebrew, okay? Uh, the Hebrew word for soul, everybody, is the nepesh. The nepesh. It is the deepest part of you, all right? So, everybody, if the heart represents the what? Bedroom. Guess where the soul represents? I like to say the soul kind of represents the basement. The basement, right? See, my, my bedroom is up on the top floor, and my basement is at the bottom, right? How many of y'all got a basement? I got to be careful when I ask this question, because I asked this question one time when I was preaching to the Bears, and uh, Peanut Tillman raised his hand. He's like, oh, yeah, I got a basement. I said, stop it. I've been in your house, bruh. You ain't got no basement. You got a lower level. It's a difference. Right? right? You got a theater room in your basement. You got a, you got a uh, uh, weight room. That ain't, that ain't no basement. I got a basement. All right? I'm six foot. My basement is 5'8". I got a basement. Anybody? Now, let me ask the question again. Anybody got a real basement? One or two. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. I can't stand going in my basement. The basement is the place that's just dark down there. It's dirty down there. You know, my kids, if I want to punish my kids, I send them to the basement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't nobody want to go down in the basement. The basement is the place where you put stuff that you don't really want to deal with. You know, like how you box stuff and you store stuff. And you put it in the basement. You know, you box stuff that you don't use, stuff that's insignificant, that's unimportant. And you think, I'm just going to put this stuff in the basement. It'll create some space. It'll have everything looking good, you know. And it's out of sight and out of mind, right? But here's the deal. It's not really gone. Why? Because it's still in the house. And everybody, can I tell you, that's what a lot of us do. A lot of us got some stuff and some situations and some junk in our lives that we've dealt with. And particularly as men, we're real good at this, Pastor Fred. We compartmentalize stuff. We just take stuff and we box it up and we just put it away, you know, thinking to ourselves, out of sight, out of, but guess what? It's not really gone because it's still in the house. Yeah. And I would say this to somebody in here who may be in a period of time in your spiritual worship where your connection with God isn't where you want it to be or need it to be or would like it to be. It could very well be that you got some stuff in your basement, like abuse. like abandonment, like betrayal, 
like neglect. But whatever your box may be that you've packed up and you've tucked away in your basement, and you thought to yourself, I'm good because I don't think about it. I'm good because I don't see that person. I'm good because I'm not dealing with it anymore. But guess what? You're not really good because it's still in the house. Yeah. And my challenge to somebody in the room today is it could very well be what you need to do. We really want to experience true intimacy with God in the bedroom. The first thing we need to do is invite God down into the basement. We're going to start to unpack some of this stuff, some of these issues that we've been dealing with. These issues, everybody, that many times not only affect our spiritual relationships, but they affect our physical relationships. They affect us in our marriages. They affect our ability to connect with our children. They affect our ability to be uh, productive at work. We've got stuff that we haven't unpacked. And I want to challenge you guys. Um, to invite God into the basement of your soul, right? To begin to unpack some of this stuff. That's how we can experience true intimacy. Amen? Because listen, the major component that blocks intimacy many times is unresolved issues. Yeah. First Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, casting all of your cares and anxiety on him because he cares for you. Matthew chapter 11 Verse 28 through 30 says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. Somebody in here needs some rest from this weight that you're carrying. Why? For my yoke is easy and my burden is life, and God sent me to tell somebody, you've been carrying this mess around you for way too long. It's time for you to unpack that. Get us to God. And let him deal with that. You were never meant to carry what you're carrying for this long. It's not yours. Give it to Jesus. Amen? We want to, yeah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We want to experience true intimacy. God says, I need you to love me with all of your what? Heart and all of your soul. Here's the third thing. All of your mind. Somebody say all of your mind. Now, how do we love God with all of our mind? How do we do that? How do we do that? Uh, for my movie people, who, who loves movies in here beside me and my family? Yeah, I'm going to do this thing. I do this with my youth. Everybody should know this movie as soon as I do it. Y'all ready? What is that? Matrix, right? All right. And so when I think about this idea of freeing your mind, I think about the Matrix. And what was Morpheus's challenge to Neo? If you really want to take your game to the next level, you got to do what? Say it. Yeah, take the pill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then he says, when they're on top of a building, he says, you got to free your mind. Check it out. You have to let it all go, Neil. Fear, doubt, and disbelief. Free your mind. about, baby. That's what I'm talking about. I want to be that guy for Jesus. I want to be so free that I don't let my fear, my doubt, my apprehension stop me from accomplishing what God calls me to accomplish for him. Huh? Free to operate the way he called me to operate. 
right? And so in order to do this, everybody, it's two things we got to do. The first thing we got to do with our minds is we got to renew it. Somebody say renew it. Verse, uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, young people, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yeah, Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 says, let this mind in you uh, also be in Christ Jesus, right? We got to line up our mindset and our mentality to line up with his mindset, right? Because if we don't do that, um, we're going to operate the way the world calls us to operate. So the first thing we got to do is, if we want our minds to love God the way he needs us to, we have to renew it. All right, say renew it. And then the second thing we got to do is once we renew it, we got to refill it. Somebody say refill it. Yeah, we got to refill it with the word. Refill it with the word. Very, very important. Now, uh, let me give you these. Let that verse go. Beautiful. Uh, that ain't it. I can't find them. Okay, we're going to keep moving. Now, why is this important? Because if we don't, oh, and I don't want you to, I want you to do this. Notice the order, everybody. Do, are y'all noticing the order of this? Notice how when everything in the Bible God does for a particular reason, everything he states for a particular reason and a particular purpose, it's not just by happenstance that God says, love me with all your heart first, then your soul, then your mind, then your strength. He doesn't say, hey, you want to, the most important thing, love me with all your strength. Then love me with all your mind. Then love me with all your soul and your heart. Notice the order. Because watch this, he understands that if I get your heart, now I got your trust. And if I got your trust, then you're going to allow me to come down to the basement of your soul. And once you allow me down to the basement of your soul, you're going to let me unpack some of this junk you've been carrying. And once I get your soul cleaned out, now I can deal with your mind. Because why is that important? Because if we don't get our hearts right and our souls right, you know what we are? We're Pharisees. Yeah. They had uh, full of head knowledge, knew the Bible backwards and forwards, but they had no power, they had no spiritual authority, no real biblical and spiritual influence to do anything, right? That's why it's important that we get our hearts right, we get our souls right, so you can get our minds right. I don't know about you, I want to be like Morpheus jumping over stuff. Because if we don't do that, we're going to look like this. Free your mind. I'm not trying to do that. Yeah. I'm not trying to be that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the guys, they know a lot of good stuff, right? But it's not penetrating anything. It's not giving them any level of spiritual power, influence, authority, because they just know stuff, but it's up here, but it hasn't penetrated to here. Yeah. Is this making any sense, church? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I love this, I love this. God says, love me with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind. How do, how do we love God with our mind? Well, we've we got to renew our mind. Then once we renew our mind, we need to refill our mind with the Word so that we're lining up with Him. And everybody, once we do that, then we can do the fourth thing. We can love God with all of our strength. What does that look like? What does that look like? Two things here, and we got to go. 
In order to love God with all of our strength, it looks like we give God our 100% best effort because we recognize who we represent. We give God our 100% best effort. Why? Because we recognize who we represent. Now, in the National Football League, where are my NFL fans? I know I got a couple. My man got a jersey on. I know he loves sports. Yeah. So how many of you have actually been to an NFL game? One of my favorite things about NFL football is when the guys get uh, introduced and they run out of the tunnel. But this one thing I'm about to show you, this is kind of over the top. Check this out. I'm, I'm, I'm so confused. I'm so confused. I thought we was going to a football game. See, dancing with the stars and, and so you think you can dance has ruined NFL football. It's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. And, 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 it's, and it's amazing. But really, if you understand who Ray Lewis is, he's one of the most passionate, ridiculously talented football players that ever played the game. Yeah. Clapping because he's a football fanatic. Yeah. But it's amazing. Because for him, that's really not about him if you know who he is. That's about his teammates getting them fired up. It's about the fans uh, in Baltimore. And it's about the city of Baltimore as a whole. He understands who he's representing. And I'm just thinking to myself, my goodness, if a football player can go hard for his football team like that, how can we as Christians not go hard for God when we represent him? Right? I mean, I just don't understand it. So we need to go hard just like he goes hard on the field when we represent Jesus. And I say this to say to my young people particularly, young people, I know it can be very, very difficult for you to represent Christ in your schools, with your peers, in your community. Right? But I don't know about you, but man, when I just start thinking about who Jesus is, when I just started thinking about what he's done for me in my life, I celebrated my birthday two weeks ago. I turned 45 two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, I turned 45 two weeks ago. And listen, I should have been dead five times before I got there. That's real talk. Should have been dead five times. At least with some of the dumb, dumb things I did, some of the dumb positions I put myself in. And when I just think about how amazing God is, when I think about where I should be versus where I am today. When I think about what I got and the blessings that he gives me that I didn't earn and that I didn't deserve, it makes me just want to go crazy for him. Yeah. I don't know about y'all, but I want to represent God with everything that I have and everything that he's given me because I know who I'm representing. I'm representing the creator of the universe, and I'm not ashamed of that. Hallelujah. But I do that also, number two, last point, we give God our 100% best effort because we recognize, church, that that's exactly what he did for us. And what other motive do you need to give God your best than recognizing that that's exactly what he did for you? 
See, he, he, he died the death that uh, you couldn't die. He paid the price that we couldn't pay. He did for us what we couldn't do. And that's redeem us back to a holy and loving God. Very simple. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting and so when you think about that good news, that's the gospel, the good news, how do you not reciprocate that by the way you live your life? How do you not reciprocate that by the things that you do? How do you not represent him at work, at school, in the community, amongst your friends? How do we not do that? But I'm going to tell you, church is real easy. We said at our church, good people get off track. But I don't know about y'all, but I'm tired of being off track. I'm tired of being too busy to give God what's dutifully and rightfully belongs to him. And that's my attention, my affection, and my praise. Now, I don't know if there's anybody else here beside me. But I want to get back in alignment with where I need to be with him. I need to return to my first love. I need Jesus. I'm like David in Psalm 63. God, I'm longing for you right now. Because my life don't make sense if you're not at the center of it. So I wonder if I'm not the only one today. And I got some folks that want to pray with me. Who you're saying, you know, I, I myself back in alignment as well. I, I need to return to my first love. Well, how do you do that? Well, God says you need to love the Lord of God with all of your heart. The place of intimacy, right? And that means we've got to be more intentional. That means we've got to have more variety and creativity in our prayer life so we can connect with him. Well, God, not only with your heart, but with your soul, right? That junk that you got, stop carrying that stuff around. Let's get rid of it today. So invite God to start unpacking that mess so we can leave here lighter, on fire, and ready to give God everything we have. Love God with all our what? Mind. How do we do that? Well, number one, uh, we got to renew it. Uh, what the world teaches us, that stuff is garbage. We need to get our stuff in alignment with what God says, for what God says is best. We want to refill it with his word, his will, his way. Last thing, we love God with all of our what? Strength. We give God everything we have because we recognize who we represent, but number two, we recognize because he did the exact same thing for us. How do we not reciprocate that? I wonder if I got anybody else. I'm going to pray. But if you're here and you want to pray with me, I just want to invite you guys to come with me to the altar. We'll pray together. And let's just get back in alignment. Let's get back in alignment with uh, where God wants us to be with him. Amen? Come on, y'all come with me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Good people get off track. But isn't it good to know that we got grace? God gives us another opportunity to get it right. God gives us another opportunity to get back and return back to him. As he has never left us, he's never leaves, he never leaves us, he never forsakes us. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. God, just for this day. This is a day that the Lord has made. 
Father God, we are rejoicing in this moment, and we're glad in it. Why are we glad? God, because you love us. Father, because you choose us every single day. Father God, even when we choose other things, we choose other interests. Our mind takes us in other directions. Our heart pulls us in other avenues. But God, you're always for us. You're always with us. God, you don't leave us. You don't forsake us. We sang it early in worship. God, you're faithful. Amen. You're faithful to us. And God, we thank you for that. Lord, help us in this moment return to our first love. Father God, not that we can't enjoy the things of the world. You put them here for us to enjoy. But God, they should never take your place. You should always be first place in our hearts. And God, you ought to feel like your first place. That's what we want to let you know, God, in this moment. So, Father, help us to love you with all of our hearts. God, we want greater intimacy. We want greater connectivity. We don't just want a transaction, God. We want to be connected with the God of the universe. We need to hear your voice. God, we need to feel your presence. God, we need to know that it is you that's in control of our lives, not us. Because if we drive in a wheel, we're going to crash, we're going to burn, we're going to mess it up. Father God, would you order? Would you direct? Would you guide? God, help us to love you with all of our soul. We invite you into the basement of our soul. It's dark down there. We don't like going down there. It's ugly down there. We've been hurt down there. We've been disappointed down there. But Father, would you help us unpack it? Would you help us, Father God, deal with it? Father God, can we just give it to you? Because you said that your yoke is easy. Your burden is light. We've been carrying this mess too long. We don't want it affecting our relationships any longer, our marriages any longer, with our family any longer, Father God. We want to be productive. We give it to you in this moment, Father God. Take this stuff. We can't deal with it anymore. Father God, help us to love you with all of our mind. God, some of us, we got some shadow beliefs. We got some things that we're thinking that are incorrect, that are contrary to your word. Those disproportionate, those incorrect beliefs are affecting the way we live. They're affecting the things that we do, the decisions that we make, the way we speak to people. Help us to align ourselves with your word, God. We need our minds renewed today. We commit that we're not going to conform any longer to the pattern of this world. We will need you to transform us. Father God, we want to be refilled with your word, with your will, with your way. Right teaching. Right thought processes, yes. right mentality. Yes, Lord. Help us with that, Father yes, God. Lord. Once all that's lined up, God, we're free. Yes. Once our mind is free, we can love you with all of our strength. Hallelujah. We'll do that because we know Hallelujah. who you are. We know who we, who we represent, Hallelujah. the God of the universe, who gives us every single thing we have. And we know it's right to do because it's what you did for us. You didn't withhold the best that you had when you gave your son. How do we withhold the best that we have in giving you our hearts and our lives? We want to do that, God. Father, now I just pray you pour your spirit out on all of us. Pour out your spirit. Pour out uh, your presence. Father God, may we leave here lighter. May we leave here with a fire lit inside of us. May we leave here with a greater direction, greater purpose. Father God, greater intentionality on how to please you, how to serve you, 
how to represent you in our homes, how to represent you in our jobs, in our schools, in our communities, Father God. We won't be ashamed to let the whole world know that we are yours. Yes. And God, when we do that, you'll get the glory. You'll get the honor. You'll get all the praise. Hallelujah. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Let everybody say amen. amen. Let's give God a great big hand amen. clap. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, Pastor.